Welcome to Know Your Foe on Colts.com, an in-depth look at the upcoming matchup. Here are your hosts, Casey Vallier and former Colts wide receiver, Bill Brooks. It is time for another installment of Know Your Foe right here on Colts.com. I'm your host, Casey Vallier, also joined by Colts Ring of Honor member, Bill Brooks. And today we are talking about the second meeting between the Colts and Titans doing so with Turon Davenport, who covers the Titans for ESPN. Turon, appreciate you taking some time to talk with us. Yeah, for sure, man. Appreciate you guys reaching out. It's a pleasure. Well, of course, you know, one of our favorites to talk to, especially when we're talking about this matchup. And, you know, we, we saw the Titans get the better of the Colts in Week 3, and then they followed that up with a pretty big hiccup falling to the Jets. Here in Indy, the Colts fans kind of thought, hey, we could take advantage of, you know, of a, of a bad loss by the Titans. And then they follow up by beating the Bills and the Chiefs. I know this is kind of a long-winded question, but were you more surprised by the victories over the Bills and the Chiefs or the loss to the Jets? I think the loss to the Jets was really one that surprised me just because going into that that game, the Jets hadn't had a single lead throughout, <laughs> what, four games. So right. I, I said even though A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are out, they'll figure it out one way or another. But, yeah, I, that that's the one that surprised me. But that's not to say these last two games weren't a surprise. And that's one thing that, that this Titans team does. They just have a way – of playing down the competition, but also playing up to it. It's it's a unique thing, and you know my picks I get all messed up and jumbled, but I will we'll hope that it, it, it evens out. You know, so that way <laughs> I look like I somewhat know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right, that's all we can ask for. You know, you want to be able to be somewhat in the know. One thing about you know the guy that's running the football there in Tennessee, are, are we overlooking what he's doing? I mean, almost 1,000 yards through seven games. He could join some elite company this year if he wins the third continuing rushing title, joining the likes of you know Jim Brown, Earl Campbell, Emmitt Smith. Are we overlooking how good this guy is? Absolutely. And whenever I'm asked about Derrick Henry, the first thing I say is, is he's a Martian. Like, we're borrowing him from <laughs> right. planet. And the thing that's just so interesting about it is I have the, the privilege of going through each game day. I get information from ESPN Stats and Info, and I swear to you, every week Derrick Henry has some type of stat that puts him in line with LaDainian Tomlinson, Jim Brown, Eric Dickerson. Right. So, yeah, he's being overlooked. And the thing that's even funnier about it, is I asked Ryan Tannehill about this, and, and he's like, oh, well, that's just Derek being Derek. So even his own teammates <laughs> overlook just actually what this guy is doing, and it's just crazy. You look at uh, the, he's on pace for over 450 carries, on pace to, to break the, the rushing record single season and back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons, and we're just acting like it, it's a, a, a typical you know season for, right. for Derek Henry. So that tells you right there. Now, you mentioned that he's on the – pace to set the rushing record as far as attempts um with that do is there any concern with the titans that they're overusing henry and especially by the end end of the year that they might rush him too many times that's always the question that comes up and <laughs> it tied down and recently he was asked about the balance of uh, Derrick Henry's carries and making sure that he doesn't get too many. And he said the only balance that he's concerned about is winning. And <laughs> he, he said when we give Derrick Henry the football, we win. So that pretty much tells you right there, Mike Vrabel has started to manage him a little bit differently as far as consistently giving him a Thursday off, sometimes two days off. But the bottom line is this. 
Derrick Henry, you see what he does on social media as far as the training part of it and the build-up into the season. Right. But what's really overlooked, and I wrote about this recently, is the recovery process. He does a lot of the, the, the uh, hyper hyperbolic chambers, uh-huh. the, the cryotherapy, needling, active release training, a whole lot of recovery. And he's one of those rare athletes that puts as much into recovery as he does into training. And that's why you see him just continue to just take that, that beating or that pounding and, and, and come back and, and get more carries. Yeah, you know, he's talk about coming back. You know, A.J. Brown got off to a slow start this season, but over the last two weeks, his production has picked up. Is yeah. this timing and chemistry between Tannehill and Brown starting to click right now? It is starting to click, but then you're also seeing Brown become healthier. He had food poisoning before the Bills game on Monday Night Football a couple weeks ago, and that weekend he lost eight pounds. Wow. I mean, he was kind of weak. He had to get IVs and those things. Uh, and then, ironically, at the same time, he was dealing with a hamstring injury. So, you know, when you're losing all your fluids and you have a soft tissue injury, that's a terrible mix, but he's managed to work through it. And I think really what, what's going on is he's more comfortable catching the football again. And, and that's one of the things when you look at A.J. Brown that I love is the fact that he accelerates through the catch. And, and, and Billy, you, you know what I mean, where you have some receivers – but they slow down, they catch the ball, and then they take back off. Exactly. He accelerates right through it, and that's how he gets those yards after the catch. You're seeing that start to happen. And in the last couple of weeks, teams have been so focused on, on stopping Derrick Henry that that play action, those linebackers step up, that opens up a little bit more of a window and gives them a little more opportunity and space to, to get those yards after the catch. That's what you're seeing. We're talking with Teron Davenport, who covers the Titans for ESPN. Final thing on the offense, Ryan Tannehill, I don't know if he's looked maybe not as sharp as he has in 2020. I know last year he had 33 touchdowns and just seven interceptions. Yeah. This year he's already got five picks. Do you think there's something different going on here in 2020, or is it just you know it's just way, the way the, the football's going right now? You know, he's had some accuracy issues, honestly. That's, that's the big thing that I've seen. Uh, there, there were a couple passes where, for some reason, they're sailing on him. Uh, he threw an interception against Buffalo. It was the same route to, to Julio Jones. And first he was late on it, and then second it sailed on him. And the safety, it was Jordan Poyer, was able to swoop in and pick it off. So those are, are, are some issues that, that are emerging. I think still trying to work into sync with, with Julio Jones uh-huh. or something else. And just, I mean, there have been some drops on, on A.J. Brown's behalf too. So all of that just kind of factors in. He's had some issues holding the football too long, but also just getting rocked within three seconds after after the ball is hiked. So it's a combination of things, but he is starting to come around. He had 21 consecutive completions between the end of the Bills game and the beginning of the Chiefs game. So that's a good thing for, for Tannehill. And, uh, you know, for his sake, hopefully that accuracy continues to, to carry over because they're going to need him to step up with, with everything focused on stopping Derrick Henry. Now switching over to the defensive side of the ball, the Titans invested a lot in the pass rush during the offseason, yeah. bringing in Bud Dupree and then you know a guy the Colts know here very well, Danico Autry. Looks like Man. you know the last couple weeks got nine sacks in three weeks. It's really coming together. Yeah, I, I'll say this: Danico Autry is not a man of many words, <laughs> but it's fun watching him play. I, I love the violence that he plays with, and he's been a big factor just in, in this pass rush, the emergence over the last couple of weeks. And one of the things that they've started to do, and I, I really like this. I actually I have uh, weekly on on ESPN.com. I do a video called Whiteboard Wednesday, and I highlighted 
what I'm about to talk about today. And it's a different package that, that um, they, they did in that they have Bud Dupree and Autry on the outside with Jeffrey Simmons on the inside. We typically know that's how they look. But then you have Harold Landry a little bit off the ball on the inside as well. And they just mix that up a whole lot of different ways. And that's one of the ways that they're, you know, be, being able to get pressure on the quarterback. And then you look at last week against the Chiefs, they did that, you know, those four guys and stunts and, and different twists and games up front. And then sometimes just letting your guys on the outside just run the arc and, and, and hunt. And they were able to get 18 QB pressures. They only blitzed once. Right. Being able to consistently drop seven into coverage against the Kansas City Chiefs is a big-time thing is going to help you. So the pass rush is definitely coming along. And, and there's another guy by the name of T.R. Tart, uh, defensive tackle, number 93. He's gotten a lot better, too. So you're, you're seeing all of that come into play, and the pass rush has definitely stepped up over the last uh, couple of weeks for sure. You mentioned Harold Landry. You know, Harold Landry is second in league in sacks with seven and a half, mm-hmm. and he's on pace for a career high in both sacks and tackles. Can you talk about his play this year and what he's meant to this defense? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing, the first thing that you have to mention about Landry is the fact that he plays almost all of the snaps. The last time I checked, he had, he played about 94% of the snaps this wow. season. He played 98% last year. Wow. So the first thing is, is stamina and, and endurance. And he doesn't get hurt, you know, so you talk about that. But this year what's happening, you're seeing this man finish. He's getting to the quarterback and bringing him down. And I I think that's a a big thing, just a part of his overall impact. But then they're dropping him back into coverage. They're uh, having him, you know, match up against tight ends and goal line situations and those type of things. You know, that's a, a big part of it. He also is a pretty strong force against the run. But I think just overall with Landry, the, the, the difference, he before always just, you know, relied on that speed ball coming off the edge, you know, the fastball. And uh, he wasn't allowed to use that in training camp. The new outside linebackers coach, Ryan Crow, said, you're, you're not using that. We're going we're gonna to table that. You need to work on other moves. And he started to develop other ways to get to the quarterback, kind of like an inside counter to, you know, be a, a different look on top of the speed rush. So, he, he's definitely shown vast improvement, and ironically, he's in a contract year. So uh, somebody, if it's not the Titans, somebody's going to open up that checkbook. <laughs> exactly. Now, you mentioned coverage earlier, and the Titans have revamped their secondary this offseason. I know they have had a couple of injuries uh, this season with that group, but has yeah. this group met expectations of Coach Rabel? I'm not going to say they met expectations because you still have the tendency to give up the explosives. They've given up six passes of 40 yards or more, which is third in the NFL. So that's definitely an issue. There there have been some some coverage issues. Um, Earlier in the season, that was a a huge problem, but they've kind of tabled it a little bit. So I I would say they haven't met his expectations because, like like any coach, uh, uh, Mike Vrabel wants perfection and, and you know, at least close to it. So there's still a lot to be desired. Uh, the one thing that is happening is they're finally starting to challenge receivers at the line of scrimmage. So that way you generate that little bit of chatter to make the quarterback come off that first read. That gives the guys up front a little bit more time to get home. So that is an aspect they've gotten better with. 
Well, final thing with you, Turhan, who covers the Titans for ESPN. You know, what are your expectations for Sunday? And then, you know, based on, you know, it looks like if the Titans get a victory, it's almost a, a surefire thing they're going to win the AFC South. Where do you envision the AFC South when January rolls around with this Titans team? Yeah, I think the Titans are going to win the division. But this Sunday, man, it's, it's going to remind me uh, of Rocky Four, right? Rocky Balboa against Ivan Drago, two heavyweights that's going at it. And that's that's something I love about about these two teams. They're so physical. I appreciate that physicality, you know, and, and, and Jonathan Taylor running the football, that offensive line, and then that, that defensive front that they have backed up by Darius Leonard. You know, no Julian Blackman is obviously going to be an issue, but I like what the Colts bring to the table. And I, I think it is going to be just – it's going to be a fight. And I, I don't think that either team is going to pull away by more than seven points, but I do have the Titans winning that game. Well, there you go. Turon Davenport covers the Titans for ESPN. Turon, thank you so much, and enjoy your trip to Indy. No problem. I appreciate you guys. Part two between the Colts and Titans on Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium as the Titans head to town. Next week will be a short week for the Colts as they host the Jets on Thursday night football and get a perspective on the Jets. We're going to talk with ESPN's Rich Samini as the Colts host the Jets for Thursday night football. Huge game on Sunday when the Titans and the Colts wrap up their season series from Lucas Oil Stadium. For Bill Brooks, I am Casey Valiant. Go Colts! Go Colts!